Hello, welcome back to Marathon Swim Stories. It's me, Shannon. Lately, I've spent some time with my kids looking at a globe. If you fly over it, can you see the border? They ask. No, these are lines drawn by man. Man argues, wars, and discriminates over lines, I tell them. As today's guest, Melinda Menzer, says, you can't fence the water. And she loves swimming across those silly lines that are drawn on maps. To demonstrate the fluidity of borders, Melinda swam from the U.S. to Mexico and back last year, in the process raising over $10,000 for HIAS, the world's oldest refugee agency. I loved hearing Melinda's story for so many reasons. I hope you do, too. Please enjoy this episode. Melinda, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, I usually kind of just open it up with a really open-ended question. What's your story? Can you tell us how you got started? <laughs> uh, so how I got started with open water swimming, specifically. Well, you could tell us, tell us your story. Okay. Tell us okay, about so you. Okay, <laughs> so I have so many stories. Stories are what we do. Uh, yes. So uh, I'm Melinda Menzer, uh, and uh, I am a long-distance open water swimmer, and um I started swimming as a child, uh, you know, year-round swim team, not particularly good, not particularly fast, but I loved it. And I returned to swimming as an adult, and about 10 years ago, I found out about open water swimming. It was not a thing I had known about. And uh, I started swimming, and uh, I think it was after Swim the Loop, I think it was maybe... I can't remember if it was the first or second time I did swim the loop in uh, Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina, which was 3.1 miles. And I swam it and I said, you know, I bet I can go further than this. Let's see how far I can go. Um, and so I signed up for a 10 mile swim, the Minnetonka Challenge. And uh, I'm pretty happy around the 10 mile mark. I could go a bit longer. I'm thinking about Tahoe someday. Uh, but I, uh, I just found that I really enjoyed open water swimming. Um, and I have, in the last few years, uh, starting in 2017, I have brought together my love for open water swimming um, with a cause that is very important to me. Um, so I am the swimmer behind Swim for Hias, which is a project to raise awareness and to raise money for Hias, H-I-A-S, uh, Hias is the world's oldest refugee agency. Uh, it's a Jewish American refugee agency working to help refugees and asylum seekers reach freedom and sanctuary in the United States. So I have been swimming for them and I've done uh, two swims for them. The most recent one I swam from the United States to Mexico, touched land, mm -hmm. came back, 10.2 uh, mile swim, uh, in Amistad Reservoir on the U.S.-Mexico uh, border in November. So um, I'm a swimmer and I'm an advocate for refugees and asylum seekers and I'm bringing those two loves together. I love that. Um, what do you think it is that draws you to, to marathons? 
I am not a sprinter. <laughs> you, can't, you can't see my full body, but trust me, I'm not built like a, sprint, a sprinter. Um, I'm, I'm built for distance, not for speed. Uh, and uh, uh, I enjoy the meditative aspect of swimming very much um, and the rhythm of swimming. Uh, you know, I also, I swim in beautiful places. I'm sort of a sightseer. Um, uh, I live in upstate South Carolina, which means that I'm a lake swimmer primarily. When people hear I'm from South Carolina, they usually think of the ocean, but I am up uh, in the mountains or right at the foot of the mountains. So primarily I swim uh, in Lake Jocassi, which has got to be the most beautiful lake in the world. It's gorgeous. The water is so clear and uh, it's just a joy to swim there, to look at the water and the trees and the mountains uh, and uh, my beautiful kayaker. Um, <laughs> you have to have a good looking kayaker because you're, you're looking at that person a lot uh, out there. So, um, you know, I swim several years ago, somebody described me to, to myself as an endurance swimmer, as an endurance athlete, she said. And, and I thought, well, I, you know, I'm not, I don't think of myself as a, an endurance athlete. I think of myself as a person with some mental health issues that can be controlled by a lot of swimming. <laughs> um, and it, it just, it, it, feeds, it feeds something inside me, the swimming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of us can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you describe the feeling of completing a marathon swim? Oh, well, you know, I knit as well as swim. I recently taught myself how to crochet. And there are, uh, there are project knitters and there are process knitters, right? There are people who knit to create something um, and there are people who knit to knit. Uh, and I knit to knit and I swim to swim. Um, it is a great feeling to finish a marathon swim, but I'm not, I'm not swimming to finish. I'm, I'm swimming to swim. Um, so, you know, I have done swims that I have been uh, very glad that they were over. Um, but it, for me, it's not so much the finishing as the swimming. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I'm not a person who has a moment of triumph at the end of a swim. Um, I'm a person who has a, some sort of moment of tranquility or, I don't know, I'm, get, I'm getting overly uh, spiritual here, but some, some sort of moment <laughs> um, of grace there in the middle um, of the swim. So uh, I have, one of my favorite events that I've ever done uh, was the, uh, the uh, four-day SCAR. You all know about SCAR in Arizona. Okay, well, the, you know, the best thing about SCAR is you get up the next morning and you swim again. Again, exactly. <laughs> you swim again. And after four days, you feel like, okay, I've done some swimming. Um, so uh, in any case, uh, I'm, I'm not big into the finish. Somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle, there's some wonderful moment. And that's the moment I'm swimming for. I love that. I love that a lot. I usually ask the question kind of, are you a process or an outcome person? You totally nailed it right there with the, <laughs> I like the correlation to knitting too. That's fantastic. When I, when I did the uh, swim, most recent swim for Hyas, um, mm -hmm. so I, I swam across Amistad Reservoir, which is 
uh, like every lake in Texas. It's on the, it's on the Texas-Mexico border. Like every lake in Texas, it's a, it's a dammed lake, right? It was created by a dam. Um, and you, I could see the dam as I was uh, swimming it. And I could also see uh, the bridge. Um, so it's, you know, the Rio Grande is, is underneath the, the lake, the reservoir. And I could see the bridge as I was swimming across. And there's, I don't know, a little, a little hut, a little office in the middle with an American flag on one side and a Mexican flag on the other. And so when I crossed the border, I could see it, right? I knew the moment I crossed the border. Mm -hmm. So for me, maybe that's like, an, like the ending of a, of a swim. Um, but it got to come in the middle and I got to do it twice, right? Yeah. I could see when I crossed over, there we are, we're, all, we're <laughs> I'm in the US, now I'm in Mexico. We went, touched land and then came back. And uh, so that moment in the middle speaks to me a lot. That moment when you're in the middle. Yeah, I, um, I can, I've done the border buster in Vermont. Uh -huh. so, yeah. so, so um, I appreciate the, the fluidity of the borders on in every sense. Um, and the yes. insertion memory as well. So um, I get they've had that experience of um, passing over the border. It's a right. pretty, pretty crazy. Um, it is. It is. And, you know, for the Mexican border. Um, I mean, just speaking to the, the mission or the purpose of swim for highest it's such a politicized space um you know uh the the way we, we t when the way we talk about the border as if it were some sort of war zone um or you know a site of contagion um the usual ugly metaphors that are associated with the border uh but it, for the people who live on the border, it is their lives. Many of them cross across every day. They'll live on one side, work on the other. And when you are in the middle of the water and there, there is no line and there is no fence, there is no wall, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the border is fluid. I was the same person on either side of the line, right? I'm, I'm, whatever, the water was the same. Um, so, uh, that swim sort of enacted for me, I think, the way we should be thinking about borders, the way we should be thinking about the movement of people. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and it was a really beautiful moment. I don't know if any of you, I grew up in Dallas, so I, you know, I think of the world in terms of Texas, but the great big Texas sky um, so I had the great big Texas sky, which the minute I crossed the border, it was the great big Mexican sky. I mean, I love that sky. Um, same sky. Yeah. Yeah. For every single one of us. Yeah. Uh, how do we, how do we communicate <laughs> with other people? Do you have any ideas right. on that? <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, I communicate by, by swimming. Um, which is, is funny, right? You don't think about swimming as, people think about swimming as a, as a isolating activity to some extent, and it is. I mean, when you're swimming a very long distance, you are, you are in your head. Um, but at the same time, open water swimming is such a team activity, right? I mean, I, I talk about it as if, you know, it was just me by myself. I swam to Mexico and back. Um, I 
organized the swim. Uh, but in fact, it wasn't just it wasn't just me. Uh, I had two friends kayaking uh, alongside me, um, both of whom were deeply committed to um, uh, justice, so, uh, forms of social justice, and, and volunteered um, to come along with me. Um, my mother was there. My husband was there. My kids were there. My kid's boyfriend was there. We met the boyfriend. We <laughs> met, I had never met the boyfriend before, and the boyfriend came to support the swim. And we, he was fantastic. He, he just put up with all our nonsense. Um, so, you know, swimming is a community. And, and we talk to each other. And to some extent, you know, we, I don't think, I don't think about swimming as, you know, inspirational um, <laughs> necessarily uh, to others. Um, but swimming can communicate a message, right? You know, at, uh, Lynn Cox, the incredible Lynn Cox, who you had on this, right? You know, I, I've read every word that woman has ever written several times. I've taught, part, I, I'm a professor of English my day job. I've taught her work. Um, and she talks very much about how swimming can bring people together, how swimming communicates this positive message um, of, uh, of uh, the, the, the you know, sort of like unity of, of humanity. Um, she, she has that moment when she crosses a, the, the international dateline in her Bering Strait swim, um, which was very much an inspiration for me thinking about crossing that border. Mm -hmm. So, um, we, we can communicate through swimming. I love that idea. <laughs> it feels hard to reach people sometimes, but <laughs> I guess we just have to keep trying, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> can you tell us about the swim that you're the most proud of? Um, okay. Well, I'm very proud of the swim to... Uh, the swim across the border. Um, mm -hmm. And the reason that I'm very proud about, of the swim across the border was uh, that, uh, well, it was a big swim, 10.2 miles, took a while, <laughs> completely new to me, completely new to everybody who was participating. And also it was, it's the first thing that I really organized myself, mm -hmm. right? So when I did SCAR, um, I realized that at some point, you stop doing events or you don't stop doing events, but you stop having events to do and you start thinking about swims you want to do mm -hmm. and organize yourself. It seems to me many, many of the people I met had made that move. And um, so I organized that swim for myself. I, uh, uh, Amistad Reservoir is part of, um, it's Amistad National Recreation Area. Uh, so it's not a national park, but it's under the um, administration of a national park. It's part of the National Park Service. So I had to be in communication with the National Park Service. I got the permits. I found out uh, how to do this legally. This was not an act of civil disobedience. Everything that I did was perfectly legal. Um, so it required me to do that sort of work in advance that I had I had never done before. So in that way, it was a new stretch for me. It was a new, um, it was just a completely new experience. And I'm talking to people about, you know, 
park permits and I'm talking to people about, you know, uh, uh, border patrol, um, you know, is border patrol going to come grab me and drag me out of the water? No, it's not. It's perfectly legal to be in that water. Just, I mean, as, as long as I didn't fully exit the water on the Mexican side, I didn't have to do anything. Um, if I had fully exited the water on the Mexican side, I would have had to go back through customs uh, and, and border patrol on the way back. But I didn't. Kept my feet in the water, I promise. Um, <laughs> so in any case, it was, uh, it was an organizational challenge. Um, the swim that I loved swimming and the swim that I think, or the, I guess the swims that I think ruined me to some extent, mm -hmm. um, was swimming scar. Mm -hmm. um, so I swam scar in, in 2000, I guess it was 2018. Um, uh, I was on sabbatical that spring and I thought, okay, this is the only way I'm going to have a week off in April um, to do this until I retire. Right. Uh, so I was on sabbatical in the spring. I could, you know, I was working, but I could reorganize my schedule. And um, the thing about SCAR is that, you know, there's no, there's no rules. There are no buoys. You start at one end of a lake and you swim to the other end of the lake. Mm -hmm. And that's it, right? Um, and when I say it ruined me, I mean, I, I think it did to some extent. I'm no longer interested in swimming around laps around buoys. Mm, that I mean, kind of ruin. I get it now. But, um, <laughs> it, uh, I'm, uh, I am organizing or I'm, I'm, I'm doing more and more of my own swimming, right? I, I have a friend uh, who has kayak. Turns out I'm the most, I just, I'm the most fortunate woman in the world. Not only does she love to kayak, she tells me, she promises me that it's more fun to go out with a swimmer. That, yeah. you know, she feels like she's doing something when she's piloting. I mean, could wow. this be true? Oh I, I my don't gosh, know. that's amazing. I, but anyway, so, uh, so she and I have been going out a lot this summer and we just pick a point on the map and we head for it. And then, you know, we, there, the Lake Jocassi has waterfalls. So you swim three and a half, four miles out to a waterfall, hang out for a bit, swim back. Wow. Um, you know, no buoys, um, <laughs> no, uh, no rules, um, you know, no one drafting off me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, I have threatened to punch people in the face um, <laughs> I, for being on my toes. Um, it's just you and your kayaker in the water. And, um, and Scar was like that, you know, for, for, four, for four days. And um, my kayaker there was fantastic. Uh, my nephew. So uh, my, uh, uh, on my husband's side. So um, his, his sister's son, um, who is an adult, uh, you know, young adult in his early 20s. He was my kayaker. He was fantastic. Um, so it, it was just a really great experience to Get up every morning, like I said, at the, you know, get up early every morning, swim a really long way, eat a lot of food, go to bed, do it again the next day. That's just, that's just what I want to do. That's wonderful. I appreciate <laughs> that so much. That's what I want to do. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, um, I haven't been able to do all of the scar days because of the, um, 
I guess one of the things that someone asked us in the chat was, how did you train for the colder temperatures or how did you acclimatize to handle that? Oh, for SCAR? Mm -hmm. um, okay, so uh, I overtrain for everything. It's become clear to me um, <laughs> as, as time goes on that, you know, I could back off a bit. Um, so to acclimatize for SCAR, my year, uh, Canyon was quite cold. Um, I think 20% of the field got pulled out for hypothermia um, in the first um, first couple miles, and then it, it warmed up a bit. But it was you know well under 60. I think it was 58, 57 wow. at the start. Um, it was it was quite cold. That was one of the great things about my kayaker. He didn't tell me what was going on. Right. I mean, I saw boats going up and down uh, the lake, but I didn't realize they were pulling people out. Um, so I just kept swimming. Uh, but I acclimatized for SCAR by doing crazy things. Um, I went out to my lake, you know, in February and March and swam for short periods of time. Um, I'm not into wetsuits, uh, so I didn't swim with a wetsuit. Um, I swam at a friend's pool in the winter. They weren't heating their pool. And, you know, I am in South Carolina, so it's not like it was icy but it was cold. <laughs> um, so it was uh, perfect yeah no it was it was really quite good uh i went out to you know uh, my friends are great but they're not as crazy as i am so you know people would go out to the lake with me and stand on the shore while i swam for 10 minutes rather than swimming with me um i had a friend who went out once and he said, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done. <laughs> and he didn't go again. But so I just got myself into the water as often as I could. Um, you know, I tried to do, you know, sit in a cold bath, but all that did was make me hungry. <laughs> made me tremendously hungry. And, you know, that's all right. But so just getting out there, just getting it in cold water. But I know it was a real problem my year. And um, I, I spoke to a woman who had far more, you know, far, much more swimming experience than I did, um, who was talking about how she had gotten pulled out of, of Canyon. This was on our way, I think, to swim Roosevelt. Um, and she said, you know, I'm from Houston. I just didn't, there just was no cold water. Mm -hmm. um, she couldn't really get into cold water as often as I could. So um, I just tried to get myself in the water as often as possible. That's great. That's all you could do. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's, I mean, that's how you have to prepare yourself for that, for that kind of challenge. And that's the tough part of one of the, um, one of many tough parts about SCAR. <laughs> it's the yes. cold water early in the year and all that. Right. But. Well, it was, I, you all may have had this kind of experience too, but SCAR was fascinating because I met swimmers from all sorts, well, all over the world, um, but with all sorts of different kinds of experiences. So there were the people who are complaining after the first lake, um, Saguaro, uh, because it was too hot, right? <laughs> so like the Pacific people, too hot. It was 70 degrees. How are we supposed to be able to swim in this, right? Um, you know, uh, talking about how difficult, well, they weren't complaining, but how different it is rather than difficult to swim in fresh water rather than salt. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really started to understand myself as, oh, I am, I am a lake swimmer. This is not you know, by choice, but because of where I am, I am prepared to swim in particular ways and in 
particular places by the fact that I train in lakes. Um, I'd love to get the opportunity to spend more time in the ocean and, you know, maybe in the future, maybe in the future it will happen. Um, but how different the experiences were for different people. You know, people who just thought nothing of getting in 60 degree water every day and swimming. And I realize that, you know, biological differences aside, we have them, we have our own, our own bodies to live in. Um, but you really can get acclimatized to lots of different conditions. Um, you know, I think you just have to swim in it. <laughs> you just get in the water, swim in it. Yeah, yeah. You I can think... only swim in the water you're in. Right. I think there's um, an innate curiosity that maybe open water swimmers or like specifically I think mar marathon swimmers have that it's kind of something I've been trying to get to the bottom of for myself mm -hmm. by, by talking to you guys. It kind of helps me bring up what it is, but it, you know, we're really curious about, you know, what'll happen. Like, let's, well, let's just try this, you know, and we're aware of our bodies and we're aware of, you know, right. the surroundings that we're in. So it's um, anyway, I love that. I love that, that kind of little, uh, the thing that connects us, you know, is that we yeah. all kind of have that curiosity. Tell us how you get through some like hard parts of a swim. You know, it sounds like you oh, love swimming. So I there's, <laughs> is there ever a time in a swim? Yeah. How do you get through those? Right. You know, there's, there's a moment in every swim where you say, this is this again, like what my was I this is the stupidest thing I've ever done. Right. <laughs> um, or, you know, I am done here. Right. And you, I have gotten to the point that I know when it's coming, right? And I plan for it, right? I, I, I recognize, you know, it's usually someplace, no matter how long this one is, it's usually someplace around the start of the last mile um, where you just say, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm done here. I think I've made my point. <laughs> Why am I doing this? Um, but, but I guess, I mean, the first thing is you got to realize that that's going to happen to you right? That mm -hmm. you can't, um, you know, don't, don't try to avoid that moment, I guess is what I'm saying. No, that moment is coming, mm -hmm. right? There's, there's, there are gonna, there are going to be bad moments, right? And the idea is that you swim through them. And, you know, in those moments, I, I think of my team for what it's worth. I think of my people, my family, um, and, um, One of the people I think of, um, uh, growing up, uh, I, you know, I, like I said, I grew up in Dallas and uh, one of my friends at school and also on the swim team with me um, was uh, a woman named Carrie, Carrie Fitzmorris. Carrie was the strongest woman I've ever known. She's the, she was incredible. Uh, and she swam in the lane next to me for years or the lane with me for years. And uh, Carrie developed ovarian cancer and she beat it and came back as breast cancer. And she beat it and it came back as ovarian cancer. Uh, anyway, ovarian cancer, it's evil stuff, right? Um, so uh, in the very bad moments, I think of Carrie. I got Carrie swimming with me, right? I say, okay, Carrie, we're gonna get through this, right? It's very easy for me to imagine her in the next in the next lane, yeah. um, swimming beside me. Um, the first 10 mile swim I did when I, you know, when I had that moment and I thought, okay, let's see how far I can swim. I signed up for uh, the Minnetonka challenge uh, up in Minnesota. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it was just, it was the first 10 miles swim I found when I started Googling things. But I realized quickly that it was um, basically in, in one of my best friend's hometowns, or well, her, her, her new town. So Elena, Carrie, and I <laughs> grew up together in Dallas. Carrie was living in DC at the time. My friend Elena was living outside of uh, Minneapolis. Um, and so I said, I'm gonna do this swim. And Elena said, that's just in my backyard. My husband will be your kayaker. And Carrie said, I'm coming out to be your team, to be your crew. Uh, and we met in Minnesota and we swam that swim. And I did the first 10 mile swim with Elena and Carrie there, another friend from school. I mean, these are people I've known since I was seven, eight years old, my friend Nancy. They were there for the, for the first 10 mile swim. So my team was there, right? Mike was the only one in the water with me. <laughs> in his kayak, um, but they were there. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I had them with me. I always have them with me, no matter where I'm swimming, right? Yeah. You got, you, you can, when you run out of your own strength, you can swim on, on the strength of the people who love you. Yeah. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm very sorry for your loss. <laughs> oh, thank you. Harry, yeah. well, Know the symptoms of ovarian <laughs> cancer, right? right? They used to call it the silent cancer. Um, but, uh, you know, if you experience, you know, bloating, if you experience, um, you know, changes in your body, um, uh, go talk to your doctor. Um, yeah. You know, she caught it early and she lived almost nine years. Oh, wow. Um, after her first diagnosis, which is sadly a, a, a win, <laughs> counts as a win for ovarian <laughs> cancer. She, she was just incredible. Um, so in any case, I got Carrie. Yeah. She's my secret weapon. I'm sure you have someone too, though. Everybody's got someone. <laughs> yeah. Um, Darren Miller, Miller called it the third boat. That was what uh, helped. So he, I guess he's yeah. writing a book. <laughs> yeah. to look forward to. <laughs> or, or the dolphins, right? The dolphins come. When things are bad, the dolphins will come. Yeah. How has the um, pandemic been for you? Oh, it's, it's, how has the pandemic been for me? I'm not really enjoying the pandemic. Um, <laughs> at first, well, speaking as a swimmer, at first I was miserable because my pool was closed and, uh, I am not a, a land person, but I know that I require regular exercise, right? I, I need to be taken out and exercised, <laughs> like, like the dog, me too. Um, so I uh, took up running, uh, and I think it was, it was the third time in my life that I've decided I'm going to take up running. It went better than any time before because I was just so mad, I was just so mad that my pool and, oh, and my legs had been taken from me too. Uh, I should say, because I, the lake that I swim at um, could only be accessed uh, through State Park, um, which was closed. Mm. Um, so I ran. I, 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 ra I ran. Big, people can't see me. Scare quotes around. <laughs> um, and I ran for, I guess, a good two months. After the first four weeks as a present, I bought myself a, a T-shirt that says running sucks. And then I wore <laughs> that shirt every time I went running. Um, after that, 
the pools or one pool, one pool in my area opened. And so I joined it and I've been swimming there. Um, it's, I think, it's, it's, a, it's not a no risk activity, but it's a relatively low risk activity. So I'm not swimming at my home pool, but this pool is, uh, has, uh, you know, I, I almost always have my own lane um, sometimes I'm there, I have the whole 50 meter pool to myself. I know when the downtime is and I go during the downtime. Um, and they have, you know, the, the walls that open up like garage door, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. there's constant airflow, all that mm -hmm. stuff. So what I'm saying is I, it's a relatively safe place to swim. Um, and then also, again, because of the pandemic, my kayaker has been furloughed. Um, she actually <laughs> went back to work yesterday. Um, my, ki my kayaker had been furloughed, so she was completely free. And mm -hmm. so once the state parks opened up again, I've been going out to um, Joe Cassie at least once a week. And that's just been such a relief. Um, you know, it's my normal. Mm -hmm. And uh, Joe Cassie, I really, I mean, I, I really think of Joe Cassie as my lake that's my 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 lake i know yeah. i let other people swim in it but it's <laughs> my lake i have been thrown out of my pool i'm swimming at somebody else's pool but that's my lake and uh so i'm swimming in it i've got danielle in the kayak next to me um and you know we're we're mapping out that lake um it's amazing we've done some <clears throat> routes that i've never done before and um you know, going to swim someplace in this, it's a, you know, it's a good sized lake. Um, going to swim in a direction you haven't swum before is fascinating, but also coming back from a direction that you haven't been before. So you see where you started from a different angle. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm very, well, I don't see well anyway, but um, uh, I'm, so I'm very lucky to have Danielle with me. You know, she's, she's charting the way, um, but you know, just seeing, the dock from a different perspective has been just really eye-opening to me, mm -hmm. right? The world looks different depending upon where you're floating in it. Yep. So, uh, we went out maybe two weeks ago and there's a, you know, Lake Jocassi is also a man-made lake and there's a, a wall, a, a rock wall on one side of it. And so for ages, we've I've been thinking about swimming across crossed to that rock wall doing a flip turn and coming back all right so I got to do a flip turn on that wall uh, a couple weeks ago that was fun um so so the swimming has has been okay um as I said I'm um I'm an English professor uh I'm going uh well we actually have our have sort of an opening meeting um for the for the fall term uh this morning in a, in a little bit um late late morning um so soon i will be going back to teaching and i when i'm not swimming i'm madly madly prepping for that madly prepping to swim or to to teach in any environment <laughs> teaching in a classroom teaching from this table this like this room that i'm in um you know uh just sort of getting getting ready for whatever happens um, because I, I think it's impossible to know what's going to happen. So the swimming has been a, a well, it's, it's been really a, a bomb <laughs> in these times, right? It's a, 
I, I was so miserable when I couldn't swim. Yeah. That, yeah. that was a bad time. I'd really love to see a picture of that lake if you have one. <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, my Facebook feed is pretty much <laughs> okay. that lake. Oh, I'll just spend some lake. time. Oh, look at that lake <laughs> a little bit later <laughs> in the day. Oh, okay. look at that tree. Um, <laughs> Joe Cassie is a, it's an absolutely beautiful location. People let me you know that the water is so clear. It's people compare it to the caravan. Mm. Um, it's, I, when I swim, when we're swimming very close, close to the shore. I can see the fish. I can see turtles. Um, I really am swimming <clears throat> for the scenery. Um, once I was out in the middle of the lake and I saw a school of fish underneath me. They went, you know, they, they were moving in unison underneath me. It was bad, bad. So um, it's, I highly recommend Lake Jogassi. Come and swim. Okay. <laughs> lake says you need to solo swim the whole thing and document it. <laughs> you know, there. It, it, it's called, the, the, the state park is called Devil's Fork State Park. And the reason is because the lake is the Devil's Fork. It has three funky looking tines. Um, and I, I think one of the things I could do would be to swim <clears throat> from, say, one edge of the lake down where um, the state park is all the way up to the end of one of the tines. And I'm pretty sure one's ever done that. And I'm pretty sure that's got to be, you know, good. 10 miles one way, oh, maybe wow. more. Hmm. So I would love to do that. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> do, you any, <laughs> do you have any swims on your radar right now? Any well, others? everything's been canceled. Yes. <laughs> um, right. So I'm trying to swim for the day. Just swim. You know, there are things that I, there are, there are swims that I really like to do. And I guess, you know, first on that list is Tahoe. I'd really love to swim like Tahoe. Um, Again, I'm swimming for the scenery, and I hear it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And at first, I was, you know, a friend was telling me about her experience swimming it. I didn't realize you start at night, mm -hmm. and at first, I was put off by that. But then I swam Scar, and the last the last swim is nighttime, and I was like, this is this is great. I could do, I could do this. So um, I'd really like to do the length of Tahoe. I think I think that's the thing that's next on my list. At the same time, I'm also thinking about what else I could do for Hyas. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, a few years ago, a group of people, I don't know if any of you were involved in this, but I need to find the people who did it. A group of people swam from San Diego across to Mexico. Hmm. And um, they didn't go both ways. They swam across to Mexico, got out. I think they had a little party, they had a little do. I've, I've seen um, news reports on it. Uh, and I have thought about doing that swim perhaps in some other way. Um, the thing that is so appealing about that swim is, um, again, I've just seen the photos, but the fence, the wall between the US and Mexico it runs down the beach and into the water. It runs into the water. Like we have, as a nation, the nerve to try to fence the water. That just pisses me off so much to look at that fence in the water. Um, so I'd really like to go swim around that fence. Um, I've also thought about the Texas side, Matamoros, um, sort of the Brownsville end of things. That's got a lot of barrier islands going on. Um, 
and uh, so I don't I don't know exactly how that would work, um, but I'm really interested in in uh, the idea of swimming across borders and swimming swimming right through those borders. Um, so that is also on my on my radar. So Tahoe for fun. I get you swim. <laughs> swim across some border in Tahoe don't you you swim from one you swim from California to Nevada okay so there it is (laughs) busting through that border um but I that oh gosh that that view of that beach with the fence running into the water um I want to swim past that fence the worst way yeah yeah that's a good one (laughs) sounds like Blake might be able to connect you that that would be awesome yeah I mean, you know, part of my, um, my, my family's, well, perhaps like everybody else's family, my family's uh, history coming into the United States is complicated. Uh, but, you know, I'm alive today because my grandfather was permitted to immigrate to the United States. And, and really, the rest of his family was not. And the reason for that has everything to do with borders. He was born on the right side of a border. He was born in what was then German territory. He had German citizenship. Today, this area is Kaliningrad, and that doesn't make any sense. But at the time, it was East Prussia. The rest of his family was born not 10 miles away in Lithuania. They had Lithuanian papers. They had Lithuanian citizenship. They're the same family with the same parents, same people. Um, But my grandfather, largely by virtue of his German citizenship, at the time of of the U.S. immigration quotas, where we had quotas for different Mm -hmm. countries, um, uh, was permitted to immigrate to the U.S. because he was German. I mean, the irony of this. Because he was German, uh, he got in as a German citizen. Um, Then, of course, Germany stripped all the Jews of their citizenship, um, and all but one of his family members were murdered in the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm very much aware of how much of a difference those pieces of paper make, how absurd mm-hmm. the difference that those pieces of paper that say I was born on one side of a line or another. So it, it, it appeals to me in many ways to swim yeah. across those lines. Yes, please, please keep swimming across those lines. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Melinda. We're running out of time. Okay, well, thank you so much for having me. This was delightful. Um, yeah. And I am... Uh, I am aware that things are going on in the, in the chat, um, and I need to, I, I haven't been paying attention to them. She is good. Because I've been hey. talking to, but I, I will save them and I will read them um, so that I can uh, uh, respond to them later. But anyway, yeah, I can, send, I can send you the transcripts. Awesome. That would be terrific. Please send me the transcript. Yes. You all can I, find me on Facebook and you can find me, you can find me lots of it's true (laughs) all right you guys have a great day we'll see you next tuesday (laughs) thank you bye thank you so much are you ready to swim smarter check out my virtual efficient swimming basics program at intrepidwater.com i hope you enjoyed today's interview if you'd like to be a guest on marathon swim stories just email me shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening.